Happy 4th of July. This is Eric from Alabama. And I'm Jerry in Boston, Massachusetts. We want to welcome our listeners from the United States and around the world. It's another Sunday podcast. And happy 4th of July to you, my friend. And to you. And to our listeners in the United States to celebrate the 4th of July. Yes. Can you believe that we're already more than halfway through this year? I mean, did it not just feel like the year just started? No. You know, especially the year that we've had, it's incredible how quickly... Here we are on the 4th of July. Yeah. Wow. Can you believe we are 30-something episodes into our podcast? <laughs> and it seems now like... that I can believe. It seems, <laughs> it seems like we just started, doesn't it? What a great what a great run this has been so far. Looking forward to 30 more, 30-something more. Well, this is one of our themed episodes. Of course, it is the uh, it is the Fourth of July here in uh, in the United States, and unlike previous Fourth uh, of Julys pre pandemic, um, here in 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 the Boston area, a little bit different this year, twenty twenty one. Hopefully, getting back to the normal Fourth of July celebrations in twenty twenty two. But at least there's a little more going on this year than there was last year when absolutely nothing happened. But you've never been you've never been up here, obviously, for the Fourth of July. I think you came up just after or just before when you visited. But have you ever seen the Fourth of July celebration on the television from Boston? I have not. If you've ever get the opportunity to come up here uh, uh, during the 4th of July. It's an incredible celebration. The Boston Pops play at the Hatch Shell on the Esplanade. And what they do is they close down a lot of the roads, and there's a big open area. And I think I, sh- I pointed this out. It's along the Charles River. And I think I pointed out the Hatch Shell and the the area where people come and lay their blankets down and and uh, and watch the Boston Pop perform with whoever the celebrities that they invite that year and then the huge fireworks display that is synchronized to the music. It's an incredible um, celebration here. It's called Pops Go the Fourth. Um, of course, the Boston Pops. And I'd, I, I want to say a half a million people and I may be exaggerating that or underestimating it. People can Google the, the crowds. But when they open the gates to this park area at like 5.30 or 6 in the morning, and, and mind you, the concert doesn't start till 8 o'clock at night. People rush to try to get the closest, you know, they can to the, to the uh, stage. And then it just goes back for miles and miles of just people along the banks of the Charles River. And they bring their games and their pillows and 
little cooler. In fact, they stopped allowing coolers. I'm not even sure if you can bring water, but um, I think there was no coolers. At one time, you could just bring your whole picnic thing. And there's little plots of land, and, and they just have a great time. And it runs till like midnight, and it's aired, I think, on... It used to be aired on one of the cable channels, and I can't recall which one, but it's put on by this multimillionaire uh, from Boston who puts on this show every single year for, I forget how many years now, and this goes back to Arthur Fiedler and the Boston Pop, and that goes back to when I was a kid. But every 4th of July, with the exception of 2020, and now 2021, they have this big celebration. This year, the Pops are performing to a crowd. I think they said about 9,000 people out at Tanglewood out in uh, the western part of Massachusetts, which is an absolutely beautiful venue. James Taylor plays Tanglewood a lot. It's an outdoor music venue. Um, and this year they're going to do 9,000 people that can listen to the Boston Pops. And I believe the fireworks are going to be on Boston Common. So slowly making a comeback. But quite a quite an event in Boston. Um, I have been to a couple of the celebrations. I've never gone to the actual park because I just n- never had any interest of being in, you know, standing uh, at a gate at four in the morning or whatever time people start lining up to rush to a an area of grass and sit there for 16 hours before the show starts. But others do. But here in my town, we have a, a very large parade. At one point, it was the largest parade in Massachusetts. And everything from fire engines to clowns and politicians, of course, especially in an election year, it's mostly politicians. Many, many years ago, John F. Kennedy marched in this parade. And Ted Kennedy used to march every year uh, in the parade. Um, Marching bands from all over the country and the world. We've had some bands from Ireland who have performed in our 4th of July celebration. And this is put on by the... uh, a group known as the West Side Social Club. They held it for years, and they did every uh, every 4th of July in the morning, they would have kids' events. They'd have doll carriage parades, bicycle competition, pet parades and pet competitions and fishing competitions on the lake and all sorts of things like that. You'd have the big parade in the afternoon. You'd have a live concert on the common with a bandstand. And then at nine nine thirty at night, you'd have a, fire, a fireworks display over the lake. It just was tradition here in town for many, many, many years. And when it was given up by the folks that ran the parade, a high school student stepped up and said, hey, I want to do this. And with the help of the previous organizers and a bunch of volunteers, they put together probably the best Fourth of July parade Uh, in many, many years in town. So uh, we did not have one in 2020. We're not having one in 2021, Um, even though everything here in Massachusetts has reopened and there's no restrictions. It just takes so long, about a year worth of planning. In fact, I was told that they do the parade on the 4th of July, they sleep on the 5th of July, and on the 6th of July they begin 
to plan for the following year. So it's a quite a quite an <laughs> undertaking. But that's what happens here at the in the Northeast. You have a different uh, type of Fourth of July celebration. Uh, tell the listeners about that. Yeah, well, in my hometown, before um, we have something called Liberty Day, and that happens, I think. Um, I think it's the Saturday before 4th of July or a couple Saturdays before 4th of July. And we have a, a parade in our little hometown and it's, you know, they have a lot of street vendors and, uh, and it's a kind of a community deal. Like I said, a lot of street vendors, uh, you know, you can walk around that. They have some live music on main street there. Um, and that's always one of the things that, is leading up to the 4th of July, but the biggest thing is at the American village in Montevallo, Alabama. And, uh, you know, we've talked about on the podcast, me doing the, the revolutionary war reenactment, which is kind of weird, you know, since Alabama was just the frontier at that point, this, the American village, for those who don't know about it, basically built, these buildings that are rec- replicas of things like in Williamsburg, they have a, uh, a scaled down replica of, um, of Mount Vernon, of uh, the courthouse. They're doing a, a replica of Philadelphia Hall where the Declaration of Independence was signed. I think that one's going to be full sized. I could be wrong about that, but I saw the there's one wing of it built. Last time I was there for Memorial Day Um, and that thing, I think it's full size because that's going to be a huge building. Um, But uh, but they they always there. To my knowledge, at this point, they're not going to have a Fourth of July celebration, Um, probably because, like you said, you know, it's so big that it takes a year to plan. I'm sure, you know, the 4th of July was always, uh, ever since they opened in, I think they opened in 2001, the American Village did. Um, I think we went out for the 4th of July celebration. And shortly after that, my dad got involved in the reenactment stuff there. And which is how I got involved in that and interested into that time period. When I was in middle school, Every year since then, since I started doing that, I was out there for the 4th of July. And it's become kind of a tradition, family tradition, to go out there every year um, and participate in the reenactment. And they have all, it's a whole day. Um, I think it starts at like 9 in the morning. But they have, uh, we would always do, we would always do the military side of it, the 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 continental soldier, you know, the um the American army during the, during the revolution. Um, and we would have an encampment with tents set up. We would do musket demonstrations. We would fire, they had a full size six pounder cannon that we would fire off blanks, obviously, but, um, but we would fire that thing off. Um, you know, we would kind of demonstrate what it was like to, to be a soldier during the American revolution. Um, but they had other things going on and, you know, I was always participating in the military, the reenactment stuff, and I didn't get to see a lot of the other stuff that went on. But, uh, if, if my memory serves me correctly, they had, um, uh, all, all kinds of stuff. They would read the declaration of independence. Um, 
I know they had a guy, a lot of interpreters. They had a guy that portrayed George Washington. They had a guy that portrayed Patrick Henry, and he would give the give me liberty or give me death speech, you know, did a great job um, doing that. Uh, but, and it's out in the middle of the, a field in Montevallo. I mean, it's just like you're driving down the road and boom, there it is, you know, a bunch of colonial era buildings. Um, but, uh, but it just a great thing. And I mean, tons of people would come out. It was the biggest thing ever. And then at night, um, they would do, uh, they would have, uh, orchestra come up. They had a big stage set up and, uh, and uh, they would have some vendors, you know, some food, you know, barbecue places would come with their food trucks and stuff. And um, but and they had all these seats set up. They have a big common area, like a green within the middle of the, the village. And uh, but then they would do uh, the orchestra would play and then the orchestra would play to the fireworks. And it was a great fireworks display. I mean, awesome. And we we would always start it off with the cannon. I remember doing that as a kid. We would uh, um, we would load the cannon, and we were always waiting for the cue. And and the cannon, you know, the orchestra would stop for a second, and the cannon would go off, and then boom, the fireworks start up. And that you know that was always a cool thing. So, um, and you know, being out there in that field when you set that cannon off, it reverberates off of the hills <laughs> and you can hear, you know, you, it goes off, but then you hear in the distance, boom, 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 as it's reverberating off the hills or whatever. It's super cool. But anyway, but yes, that was, that has been our tradition for years now is to go to the American village. So, and I, and I missed a couple years in there when I was busy. I think I may have had drill or uh, one year I was in Afghanistan or getting ready to go to Afghanistan. So I wasn't able to make it. Um, but, uh, but no, it, it's a great way to celebrate the 4th of July and kind of go back to that time period of, of independence day. You know, when, when the declaration of independence was signed on July 4th, 1776, um, and I read, I could be totally wrong about that or, or to, totally wrong about this. But um, I remember reading in a book that uh, the the 4th of July has always been celebrated with like cannons and fireworks and all that stuff. Like that's even going back to the Revolutionary War period. I think uh, I can't remember who it was, but they kind of when they were celebrating Independence Day even during the American revolution, um, they would like line all these cannons up and shoot them off, you know? And <laughs> so it's always been about fireworks and cannons and, and stuff like that. Um, which is awesome. Uh, but no, the, the American village, uh, they, they, you know, that, that, that was our family tradition. Uh, was to participate that in that in the reenactment at least for me and my dad um and and that it was just a good way to kind of celebrate independence day and wrap your head too about what it was and what it is uh to this day so so as did you do anything uh at the at the family 
um, like a barbecue or anything like that, or was it just the American Village? Well, when I was when I was a little kid, uh, you know, we used to go to Pennsylvania for the summer and visit my grandfather, and we would oftentimes be up there for the Fourth of July, and we, you know, we would celebrate the Fourth of July up there. But when the American Village opened, uh, me and my dad we got involved in the reenactment part there, and so after that it, we basically just did the reenactment at the american village so rather than enjoy the 4th of july uh you know like most most americans do we would go work our butts off but it was a good it was a good experience you, you were performing for people who were enjoying the 4th of july so you were you were the reason yes. why they yeah that that's not the great that's a great story great tradition in our family, we would have a 4th of July uh, cookout for family, friends, neighbors, anybody that would come. And I can remember in 1976, the celebration of the 200th uh, anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence, we probably had the largest group of people. It was a huge celebration in town. We had a live band. I have cousins that play bluegrass and country in the backyard, all plugged into amplifiers, the fiddles and there, all of that, all the mandolin and all of the things that go into a bluegrass band. Across the street from us, there was another live band that was playing whatever music they were playing, and they were crossing back and forth between the uh, the barbecues. And I can remember my dad, and I can remember him taking a fifty-five gallon drum, like an oil drum, cutting it in half cleaning it, galvanizing, whatever the heck he did with it. And that became the grill. Fill it with charcoal. This is before the days of gas grills. Fill it with charcoal, light the sucker up, and he provided all of the food and all of the soft drinks for the for the party. People brought stuff, of course. They brought their own food and they brought desserts and things like that. And if they wanted to drink, they could they could bring their own alcohol. And everybody would gather at the house around 11 or 12 in the morning. Uh, par the parade, I think, at that time was 1 o'clock in the afternoon, so we'd all go down. The parade literally went by the bottom of the street. We'd all go down. We'd take our lounge chairs and and little director chair things and line them up on the street and watch the parade go by, and then everybody would come back to the house, and the party was just go on and on. I don't recall how many people... But my brother and I, this particular year, got a piece of cardboard, not cardboard, but some sort of like a poster paper. And we had people sign in, just sign their name. And I, there were hundreds, hundreds of people. In fact, the police showed up. We said, oh, God, you know, we're in trouble. And they came in. My father said, hey, have a cheeseburger, have a hot dog, have a beer, oh, uh, no, soda or whatever and I said did you get a complaint no no we just were walking by doing a patrol and <laughs> wanted to see what was going on nobody complained because everybody that would have complained was at the party and, right and I have a very small backyard it's not a not a huge backyard and they just crammed so many people into the into the backyard and then of course we'd all go down at 9 nine thirty line up along the lake and on the on the common area and watch the fireworks. And uh, that was, I think, the last barbecue that we had. 
It was in 1976. It may have been one more after that, but there wasn't nothing like the 1976 barbecue. It was just, it was the biggest thing ever that we had ever had. Uh, and I mean, strangers, just people walking by and people, hey, go in and get a burger. You know, I mean, there's just food and it was, it was crazy. And that's a fond, a fond memory of, of Fourth of July. And then I did take a trip one time down to Washington, D.C. on the Fourth of July as part of my bucket list. And I always want to do New York City on time, Times Square, New Year's Eve. And I wanted to do Washington, D.C. on the Fourth of July. And let me tell you. What an event that is to be there live for it. We had we had gone down on the 3rd of July. A friend of mine and I took a train down and did all of the Smithsonian, Institu- uh, Smithsonian Institution uh, museums that we could get in, cram into one day, and then the next day. And then we made it out to the, the monument, the area of the monument, the uh, National Mall. And we got lucky because to get onto the National Mall ground, you had to go through security and there was just thousands and thousands of people. And you've probably seen this on TV as well. And then, of course, the Washington Monument in the background and the fireworks. We, uh, if you're familiar with the Washington Mall, it's in segments. And there's there are roads that separate the segments. We were on the edge of a road up against a merchant tent that was selling goods on the other side. We did not have to go through security. We weren't in a crowd. We were just the two of us and maybe a couple other people just in perfect line with the Washington Monument and saw the fireworks display. And that last big finale of the fireworks, as soon as that sucker ended, we were out of there. And we made it back to the hotel just before that wave of this million of Million people came through the streets, uh, but what an what a um, what an event they do down there! And I thought our fireworks here in Boston were incredible, and they are. But Washington D.C. There's nothing like it. I forget the band who played. I, I want to say it was Barry Manilow that particular year, but I'm not sure. There could have been several different performances. Uh, we were going to go to that and then opted not to and lucked out right where we were standing. I probably wouldn't do it again. It was hotter than hell, humid as hell, and uh, but worth every uh, every hour that we spent uh, down there for those those two days. So quite a celebration, and and uh, I, I highly recommend it if you've never done it. Put it on your bucket list and go down. Uh, and catch the Fourth of July celebration in the uh, in the uh, Washington D.C. and uh, take a take a bunch of tours when you're down there. You can get the Congress is open. You can go in and take a tour of Congress. You can go to the White House. Usually, it's open. Um, we were we were not allowed to go into the White House tour. Um, the administration at that particular time which was the 45th administration, uh, did not allow anybody from Massachusetts <laughs> into the White House door. <laughs> <laughs> That's a story for another time. But yeah, our congressman, uh, you have to go to get into the White House, you have to go to your congressman. And uh, we were informed that uh, they would put it in, but we most likely would be denied because 
um, our one of our congressmen in Massachusetts was not a fan of number president number forty five. So uh, we were we were not allowed to go to the White House. So anyway, we got to see it. We just couldn't go inside. But that was the Fourth of July. So great time of year. I'm looking forward to twenty twenty two when hopefully everything is back to its original state. And we get to enjoy it uh, with our family again. I think I might have a barbecue just just because we haven't done anything like that for many many years. And you'll be back to American Village, and I and I and I I tell you, come up here one of the Fourth of Julys when you're not doing the village, and I should maybe I'll make a trip down there and and check out the uh, the American Village Fourth uh, of July or Memorial Day or any of those special things. So. With that said, we've come to the end of this episode on this very special day, the Day of Independence. If anyone uh, listening would like to be a part of our show or know somebody that might be a great guest, you can reach out to us at our email address. It's another Sunday podcast at gmail.com. We'd be happy to have you on our show. Talk about anything that you have on your mind. We're always looking for interesting guest, and uh, it's an open forum here at uh, at the old podcast. Eric, I will give you the, uh, oh, one other thing to our listeners around the United States and around the world, too, as you celebrate the 4th of July here, and wherever you may be, please be safe, and we'll see you next week. Eric, final word to you, sir. Happy 4th of July and roll with the changes. It's another Sunday podcast. It's produced by Eric and Jerry. Music is composed by Tom Blaze. Music also written by Tom Blaze. Check out his YouTube channel at Tom Blaze. That's going to do it for another edition of It's Another Sunday Podcast. Happy Fourth of July. Be safe and thanks for listening.